traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The Greg Kelly Show. You want to get... You ever find yourself trapped in a party in New York City with people that maybe you don't like them that much? Maybe you feel like you don't fit in. Maybe uh, they're all a bunch of lefties, right? And you really want to get the hell out of there. And you want to get the hell out of there quick. But maybe you don't want to just get up and leave. Just bring up the Central Park Five and say, I'm pretty sure those guys are guilty. Watch that part. Oh, boy, you will be ejected so fast. You will be. You can't. That. That. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's like... uh Unleashing uranium, uh, Pluto, the weapons grade. You cannot say that. You can't do that. Oh my God. I've, I've seen people kicked off of CNN panels who broached that. They just, they, they, they went to commercial break. You cannot say that. Well, uh, those guys did it. All right. I am very, very confident that they did it. Um, the case against them was very, very well tried. Very, very, uh, well prosecuted. Um, the judge was thorough and fair. And when uh, they had a hearing about the videotape confessions that went on, I think, for six weeks, you know, those videotape confessions, has anybody who believes they're innocent actually watched those confessions? It's pretty interesting to see the level of detail that they go into. Does anybody understand that the parents of the Central Park Five were sitting right next to the five? Yeah, they were. They were right there. So that brings me to... uh Youssef Salam, Councilman Youssef Salam, Dr. Youssef Salam. Oh, what a what an angel, right? And now it's justice. He's been exonerated and now he runs for city council. You know what? In this ludicrous world of ours, he's probably going to be the next mayor. <laughs> because uh, after all, he was wrongfully incarcerated, right? Wrong, wrong. Nobody knows anything about this case. Nobody knows anything about this case but me. Linda Fairstein, Elizabeth Letterer, a handful of journalists, but most of them are too scared to say anything about it. That woman, that banker for Solomon Brothers, Trisha Mealy, she came she she came public, she wrote a book about all this. The doctors know and she knows that she was brutally assaulted and damn near killed by a gang. And that gang was bigger than five. It was probably 25. And they did every uh, the most unspeakable things. It's a miracle she survived. And there was some great police work. They've tried to cancel all kinds of people. Linda Fairstein, who is a hero, a champion of women, who revolutionized the way cases are uh, investigated... She basically started the sex crimes unit. It's an amazing advocate for uh, women and victims of sexual violence, which is a real thing. Happens all the time, too much. And she knows, she knows, she's seen it up close. 
By the way, she didn't actually try this case. She was like briefly there, but they try to make her the ultimate uh, villain in this horrible and not only just the wrong and full of lies, but just bad television. Um, what's the name of that thing again? When They See Us. When They See Us is the Netflix docuseries. Anybody who has said that they watch that is probably also lying because it's so boring and so bad and so, ugh. but, um, she's suing. And from what I'm gathering, I think she's actually doing pretty well in the lawsuit. This thing is making its way through the system. And, uh, you know, cause she was canceled. She was, she lost all this, uh, all, everything she had as a professional writer. You can't even buy our books anymore. And uh, because of what they did to her. So Yusef Salam is sitting pretty. But I want to tell you something about Yusef Salam. They just put him on the public safety committee. So I see the New York Post is writing that technically the police department reports to him. (laughs) Right. Did you know this about Yusef Salam? I'm going to go back to 1990. Let me let me tell me if you uh, believe any of this. Okay, so uh, let's see here. August 2nd, 1990. Youth testifies he did not attack jogger. Trial, defendant Youssef Salam tells court he was in Central Park but never saw the victim. His statement contradicts report by detective. New York. In a dramatic gamble, defendant Youssef Salam took the witness stand on his own behalf Wednesday to deny that he participated in the gang rape and assault that almost killed an investment banker while she was jogging last year in New York Central Park. The brutality of the attack on the 29-year-old jogger who was left to die in a puddle of mud and her own blood horrified New Yorkers and became a national symbol of urban fear and violence. Salam, 16, who testified despite the vigorous objections of lawyers for two other defendants, said he entered the park the night the crime was committed with a group of 50 youths, but soon split from the group. He said he carried a 12-inch long metal pipe that was given to him by a friend for safekeeping and that he saw youths beating someone near the jogging track. Salam said he also stumbled on a bum he thought was dead but ran away without notifying the police. If I had touched that person, my fingerprints would have been on him, the tall, forcefully spoken teenager said in response to a staccato, skeptical cross-examination by Assistant District Attorney Elizabeth Letterer. Did you call for help, the prosecutors asked? No, Salam said. You stayed in the park? Yes, I did, the witness said. Isn't it true that the reason you're testifying today is because you don't want to take responsibility for a woman you damn near killed, the prosecutor asked, glaring at the defendant who glared back? I didn't try to kill anybody, Salam said. Salam said that soon after entering the park, he left his 50 companions as they were climbing a hill because I got tired. He said he never saw, touched, or attacked the jogger the night of April 19th, 1989. I don't remember a female jogger being assaulted, he testified. That would have stood out most in my mind. The defendant was asked why he entered the park that night. I thought it would be fun, he replied. His statements directly contradicted previous testimony by Detective Thomas McKenna that Salam had confessed to hitting the woman jogger twice with the pipe and that he fondled her breasts. Unlike two other defendants, Antron McRae, 16, and Raymond Santana, 15, Salam did not sign a statement or make a videotape confession. All three defendants are charged with 13 criminal counts, including attempted murder, rape, and sodomy. Detectives stopped questioning Salam when they learned he was only 15 years old, not a year older as his bus pass indicated. 
Under New York state law, a witness under 15 cannot be questioned without a parent or guardian present. Salam said he first met the other defendants when they were together in a holding pen in a local police precinct after being arrested after the attack. Salam told the jury on Wednesday he carried the bus pass with a false age to attract girls. Since I'm tall, I would tell girls I was older than the age I was. His testimony was a high-risk strategy by his lawyer, Robert Burns. When Burns decided Tuesday to put his client on the stand, his fellow defense lawyers pleaded angrily with him in the hallway outside the seventh-floor courtroom not to do so. In the courtroom, Burns asked, did you see a female jogger? No, I never saw a female jogger. Did you tell Detective McKenna you saw a female jogger in the park? No, the defendant said. These answers were received skeptically by Letterer, who sought to hammer home to the jury several points. The detectives initially believed Salam was 16 because of the altered bus pass, that he carried the pipe into the park as a weapon, and that he realized the gravity of what had happened in the park while he was being questioned. So, number one, he brought the iron pipe into the park. Do you believe he just kept it for a friend for safekeeping? Do you believe that? And if you look at the videotaped confessions from the other defendants at least three of them implicate Yusef Salam being there grabbing the woman and now he's on the city council and he's rich he's rich because de Blasio in a gambit well to pay off uh, it's a political debt really it's a political debt New York City we have lawyers you know what I mean we have it's like a corporation and the corporate lawyers were like, you know what? We don't have to settle here. Nobody did anything wrong. The detectives all acted in good faith. And we got a hell of a lot of evidence here that suggests that these guys are guilty. Why do, Why are we exonerating these guys? Because, well, you know why? You know why they're so-called exonerated? Because one serial rapist named Mateus Reyes said he did it by himself. But what about the DNA evidence? All right. the DNA, That article I read to you, that's from 34 years ago. Guess what we knew 34 years ago? That there was DNA that was not tied to any of the defendants, any of the people uh, who were arrested. They knew that then. They told the jury that. The judge knew that. They always said that there, there, were, there were attackers who got away that night. And I think Matthias Reyes is one of them. Well, wait a second. I read that he was a serial rapist and he only worked alone. That was his M.O. No, that's not true. That's fake news. Uh, he only worked alone, huh? Uh, here's a big exception to that rule. W- when he raped his mother, he had a buddy with him. Hmm? So they go up to uh, Sing Sing or Attica or wherever this guy is uh, uh, being held, and they he tells his story, and they say, okay, thank you, and they let everybody else out of jail, and they give him millions and millions and millions of dollars. They never put him on the stand. They never cross-examine him. They never, nothing, because de Blasio is weak. And a loser. And uh, such a divisive guy. You know what I say about the NYPD and him, right? For He lied about everything. He, he lied about everything. But you don't have to get the, the city's approval to become mayor. You only need a little, small, little slice of it. 150,000, 200,000. It's not like the old days. So you get enough nut jobs to agree with you or just to, and you have the primary on the last day of school or you're, right? And presto chinjo, you're the mayor. First, he pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he managed to actually break it. Barbara, thank you for that tip about the letter. 
I was talking about um, you, uh, kind of, uh, you know, tangentially a little bit. Did you see what I did with it? I did. That was awesome. That was awesome. That whole that whole trail that you followed with that, that was awesome. I loved that. I hope a lot of people learned from it. I think they did. I didn't know. I was have been reading about Hitler's Enabling Act of 1933. That's how everything he did was legal. The Enabling Act basically said that he could do anything, that the chancellor could pass and enforce any laws without objection. And the combined effort of of this enabling act and another decree he made turned Hitler's government into a legal dictatorship and laid the groundwork for his totalitarian regime. So that's why Martin Luther King could say everything Hitler did in Germany was lawful. It's incredible. And uh, the great Martin Luther King uh, pointed that out for everybody in that letter. And it's so applicable today, you know, and what they'll use is a just law, but they'll execute it. They'll execute it in an unjust way. And that's what's happening to President Trump. Thank you, Barbara, for that and uh, everything else. We shall be right back. I got this Santis. I'm starting to feel sorry for him. All right. I detest Nikki Haley. I don't detest Ron DeSantis. Shouldn't have run, made some mistakes, but I got some stuff uh, regarding him when we come back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This is the Greg Kelly Show. So, New Year's resolutions, right? How you doing with yours? Um, I don't, I'm not even thinking about it as a New Year's resolution, whatever, whatever it is, but I figured out something and I am very, very happy with the progress. Folks, everybody, everybody needs to exercise. No matter how old you are, young you are, whatever, exercise will increase your health and lengthen your life. It will. And you will feel better. I have been exercising now. What is it? Today is, I started Monday, a week ago Monday. And that is five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Is that eleven days? And I haven't missed one day. I actually didn't even take a day off because I'm liking it so much. Now here's, here's my breakthrough. Um, do I like, like, like exercising? Yeah, you know, not really, but I, here's what I did. I used to try to get up early in the morning. You know, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. And, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't do it. I could, I, and I would have to get up at 636 to do it. And that's just too early. And I just, but it was unreasonable. And I, like, I was just, it, it was failure, failure after failure after failure, intending to go to the gym. All right. I didn't get there this morning, but I'll go tonight after work. And then what happens? You're tired. You're hungry. You know, it just, I'll start tomorrow, all right? And then it's the cycle continues just like that, just like that, all the time. So I finally found a window in the day where, you know what, this would be the good time. This would be a good time to do it. I actually, let's be honest, I got the time to do it. So that time, it happens to be 9 a.m. So everybody's day is different. Everybody's schedule is different. For 45 minutes, I go down there and I do five sets of something. And my little trick is I listen to a song during each set, five different songs, one song for each set, whatever. And then I do a little bit of, uh, I do a little swimming in the pool. Yeah, I got a pool. 
not in my house, but the building has access to a pool, and I can go to the pool and splash around. I never, whatever, it works. It works. I feel I have so much more energy. I feel lighter. I feel better. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it really, and you don't have to do a fancy workout. You could walk. Seriously, well, I wasn't doing a damn thing physically. I was sitting all day long, getting into a cab, then walking a few steps into the office, you know, crossing a street, nothing beyond that, nothing. And I was feeling horrible, not knowing why. And now here I am doing stuff, and I feel great. It really, it really is a bit of a game changer. Now, here's the, here's the important part, though. As excited as I am about this stuff, it's kind of not important. Yeah, your health's important and all that stuff and feeling better. But my relationship with the Almighty is a hell of a lot more important than getting in all the sets, right? So anyway, what I do is I don't I can't tell you exactly what I do. I don't want it's a little bit private, but I make time just like I make time to work out to pray, to talk to God, for God to talk to me, to read the Bible. And I've talked about this before, but I have never had a reliable pattern where it's like every day I can do every And if you if you miss a day it's not the end of the world obviously. It's not the but I don't know. Does that make sense? I hope it makes a little bit of sense, all right? I hope it I hope it just it's working out and it it I have been 50 pounds overweight in my life, right? I have been unable to run a a half mile. I've been, you know, like running out. I have turned it around before where I went from running, anyway, running like a half mile and being totally winded to running three miles in 20 minutes. I did that in my 50s a couple of years ago. Granted, I wasn't working at the time and I had time to become, but now that there's a bit more stuff going on, it feels great, but can't let that stuff get in the way of God. And you know what? All that time working out. What about all that junk TV show? Has your life ever been improved by watching something on Netflix? I mean, genuinely improved. There are some important things in the world, and there are some unimportant things in the world. Let's not let the unimportant get in the way of the important when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. I love it. They're still, uh, what are they going with now? Donald Trump is a racist because why? He used Nikki Haley's uh, legal name, her, her full name. He referred to her by Nimrata um, on a Truth Social post. I heard one woman from the Associated Press saying, Donald Trump can't say anything worse. He can't say anything worse about Nikki Haley than what he's just done. And I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out, no, it's just that he used her her middle name, Nimrata. What's the problem with that? This is so inherently racist. They're all telling me. They're all saying it like crazy. You know, you can use somebody's middle name. I, thought, I talked about this yesterday. George Herbert Walker Bush, 
You know what George Herbert Walker Bush, the first President Bush, Bush 41, hated to be called? George Herbert Walker Bush. He didn't like his middle name. Um, somebody else, uh, Mitt Romney, Willard. If you ever really wanted to get under his skin, call him Willard, right? I know we do people like that. Now, what do these say here? Donald Trump's uh, Truth Social says anyone listening to Nikki Nimrata Haley's whacked out speech last night would think that she won the Iowa primary. She didn't. She didn't even beat a very uh, flawed candidate known as Ron DeSanctimonious. Now, that's that's a nickname and it's pejorative (laughs) who's out of money and out of hope. Oh, I got to get back to uh, uh, Ronnie D on something. But Nikki Nimrata Haley. Now, what is the problem? Um, Nothing. Actually, but in the fake news world, uh, because they get very, very strange, especially, well, white anchors like Anderson Cooper when it comes to matters of race. Because, you know, there's nobody more privileged in the country than Anderson Cooper. And, for you know, if there is another silly uh, story in The New York Times about his mother's diary or his brother's relationship with his father, all this crap in that family. I don't care. Gloria Vanderbilt, been there. we don't need any more of those stories. Anderson Cooper looks through a picture book. Next on 60 Minutes. It, it's ama- This guy has been so chronicled, all the crazy press. He stinks these days as a broadcaster. He used to be good. Now he stinks because of stuff like this. Go ahead with the Anderson Report. Now that Nikki Haley has gained ground in New Hampshire, the former president has started doing what he has done so many times before to opponents and adversaries and perceived enemies alike. He is painting her falsely as less than American, referring to her on his social network as Nikki Nimrata Haley, with uh, Nimrata in scare quotes, misspelling what is in fact Governor Haley's first name, which is Nimrata. He also posted a claim by the outfit Gateway Pundit, again false, that Governor Haley Stop for a second. I don't know how the hell to spell Nimrata. Right. Made a mistake. No big deal. Goodness gracious. Uh, Keep going. Not be a U.S. citizen. It reads, quote, this disqualifies Haley from presidential or vice presidential candidacy under the 12th Amendment. Now, keep them honest. Nikki Haley is the child of immigrants from India's Punjab province and was born in the small uh, South Carolina town of Bamberg. That's in the United States. Nikki is her middle name, just as Mitt is Willard Mitt Romney's middle name or Robert was Julius Robert Oppenheimer's middle name. The difference, of course, is that although the names Willard or Julius might sound stiff or old-fashioned, they don't sound foreign like Nimrata does, at least to some. How about, hold for- on, how about the sanctimonious, <laughs> right? Uh, it's okay to use somebody's middle name. Only, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder, like, like uh, I don't know, maybe Anderson Cooper's a little bit racist. I don't know, maybe, maybe like, do you think she's different? Now, the whole idea about her citizenship, this is interesting. And you guys know I love Vivek Ramaswamy. And if I had him on the show again, uh, I probably will. Maybe this will be cleared up by then. But there's an issue with Vivek's citizenship, potentially, potentially. So his parents were not citizens when they had Vivek. So that's a... That's a that's an issue. It's an issue. It's something that has to be adjudicated or discussed or explained. That is a thing. I know that because NBC News actually asked him about it. I never thought to ask him. I, I knew he was born in the United States. I assumed his parents were citizens when they had him. They came here legally, but they weren't citizens at that time. 
and the whole natural-born citizens. You know, we have this national debate raging about dreamers, right? The, the, the kids who are born here are not citizens if their parents are illegal. Now, if they are legal with green cards, it's a gray area. It's an okay thing to talk about. It doesn't mean, Anderson, we're racist, okay? It doesn't. Uh, but you guys are back to your old tricks again. Oh, and here comes um, Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Keep going. For now, appears enough for the former president to latch on to. He's done the same with another well-known Indian American, Vice President Harris, suggesting again falsely that she was born elsewhere, as he does here. They're saying that she doesn't qualify because she wasn't born in this country. When he wasn't doing that, he was... Hey, hold on a second. That was like a second and a half soundbite. What do they say before and after, right? You ever notice that? It's a little game they play a lot. Keep going. Enunciating her first name for effect. And nobody treated him worse than Kamala. Kamala Harris, Kamala. Kamala, you don't have to say it. Kamala. And keep it honest, when it comes to trying to paint some American citizens as foreigners, the former president has not limited himself to South Asian subcontinent. More than a decade ago, you mean, his target, of course. You mean India? You mean India, uh, Anderson? South Asian subcontinent. All right. All right. I think this is the Obama stuff. This was the first black president. Here's what he was lying about 12 years ago. Well, I've been told very recently, Anderson, that the birth certificate is missing. I've been told that it's not there and it doesn't exist. None of that was true, and we and others pointed that out, but he kept at it for years. And to this day, he almost never fails to mention President Obama's middle name. President Barack Hussein Obama. President Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Crooked Joe Biden and his boss, Barack Hussein Obama, did this to us. Now, it's not just African-Americans or Indian-Americans he does this to. It's an American judge of Mexican descent and Aline Chow, the American. Uh, you Asian mean American. Coco? Stop. All right. Goes on and on and on. Um, look, the Barack Obama birth certificate story, you know where that started, right? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton and the guy named Sidney Blumenthal were putting that out big time. Nobody remembers this, but in 2007, 2008, those two, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, were in a dogfight for that nomination. And they were throwing mud at each other. Hillary was throwing a lot of mud and sending that picture of him uh, in those in that robe, right, where he looked like, I mean, forgive me. He, well, I don't, he, looked, uh, he looked different. That all came from the Hillary campaign. And it made some people wonder. And he did spend a huge chunk of his childhood in Indonesia. Nothing wrong with spending your time in Indonesia, but you see, this stuff, it gets a little bit, okay, so where was he born? His father's from Kenya, yet... His father isn't around, right? Father took off. He met his father twice. It's weird. It's a little bit weird. Comes in from nowhere. Nobody knew who Barack Obama was in 2002. And all of a sudden in 2004, he's a Democrat uh, National Committee person giving the great big keynote speech. Not even a U.S. senator. It's just a state senator. Four years after that, he's president of the United States. Um. We don't know a lot about this guy. It was very unusual, actually. Barack Obama was a real departure from the kinds of presidents we had. In that, presidents of the United States, generally speaking, were famous for decades. Rich, famous, and powerful. Not saying that's right or wrong, but that's just the way it was. Throughout the 20th century, you look them all up. 
Those guys had been famous and in national affairs for a very long time. Give me the name of a president for the 20th century. Give me one in the second half of the 20th century. Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was elected to the Congress when I was 33 years old, right? Now, he had a meteoric uh, rise, 33 uh, congressman. Then he gets elected to the United States Senate, and then he's elected vice president of the United States. That was a pretty quick, quick rise. Unbelievable. He was 39 when he was elected to the uh, vice presidency, but he had big jobs for a long time. And guess what? He didn't become president until 1969. So he gets elected in 1940, whatever, 46. How many years is it from 46 to 69? 23 years. See what I mean by the decades? He's been around for decades before he becomes president. Give me another name. Same thing. Congress, 1946. He wrote a book, Pulitzer Prize. He was around. He was famous. His father was famous. But he was around for 14 years. He gets to Congress in 1946. He's elected to the presidency in 1960. 14 years. With Obama, it's instantaneous. And then there are strange moments with Obama. Very strange. Okay, the whole world is demanding his, uh, well, the conservative world, and Hillary Clinton demanding his birth certificate. So what do they release? They finally released a, uh, a document to put the whole damn thing to bed. And what was it? It was a certificate of live birth. And I remember it. I remember where I was in the office at Channel 5 when this thing was published. I found it on the web. I said, this thing was printed today. I knew from the font. I knew from the – that this was not a 1961 document. I just I, – I could tell it was a modern document. And after about 17 more seconds of research, I found out that it wasn't a birth certificate. It was a document that said there is a birth certificate. There is a birth certificate, but this is not the birth certificate. And that's what they put out to quell the controversy. They fueled it for their own purposes. They knew they had the real document, the real birth certificate. They didn't put it out. Finally, they put it out, and it looks it, it, it is a birth certificate written in August of 1961 when Barack Obama was born. But they kept it back for political games. But there are some weird things about the... Barack Obama, like when he sat down with George Stephanopoulos, nobody ever talks about it. People have short memories. I remember this. Go ahead. Uh, uh, talked about my Muslim faith, and you're absolutely right that that has not Christian come at my, my Christian faith. And well, George Stephanopoulos had to straighten him out on his religion. One more time. Uh, uh, talked about my Muslim faith. And you're absolutely right that that has not Christian come my, my Christian faith. And now, that might indicate he's Muslim, and that, 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 that is my thing. I don't know enough about Muslim. I think Muslims, you know, obviously, I think a Muslim could be president. I don't know enough about the, the, it's the deceptive part, right? He's not being honest with us. That's the issue. And it kind of comes back to uh, Nikki Nimrata Haley. You know, downplaying your middle name like that, and and going with the uh, Nikki ver you're not being authentic, and then being horrified that people are using your middle name that 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 suggests that you don't want your middle name used, and you have doubts possibly about your former constituents in South Carolina, right? I think so. So um, that's kind of kind of. Did I have another one for you? Did I have another one for you? Uh, uh, let me hear that. 
2024. I, I want to get your reflections on former President Trump deliberately misusing her birth name in a, a social media post about her. He doesn't give a clear reason why he's doing that, but he's done that with similar opponents in the past. He questioned whether she could be president because her parents weren't born uh, in the United States. They weren't U.S. citizens when she was born. He's done that with Ted Cruz. Hey, he's stop. Done that, with that guy just said they weren't U.S. citizens when she was born. This is an issue. It's an issue for Nikki Haley. And you can't say, oh, it's racist to bring it up. It's a legitimate issue. I I was not sure. I just said I wasn't. I mean, were they green card? Whatever. It's a legitimate issue. Anyway, this is what they do. They bring Republicans on and they try to box them. And Donald Trump just said this. Do you disavow? Do you support? I'm just curious how this congressman handles it. Keep going. Barack Obama. Do you see those attacks as, as xenophobic, as racist? Why is it that you think Donald Trump consistently goes there? Well, look, everybody runs their own campaign. President Trump is his own man. Uh, Nikki Haley is her own person. Uh, those type of, of, I guess, criticisms, uh, I wish we could put them both on a debate stage. Let's see. And uh, it makes her feistier when she hears things like that. Uh, but, you know, everybody run, everybody's got a right to say what All they right, want. All right, you wimp. Feistier. Uh that's what they do. They nobody, nobody, nobody does it like I would do it, right? Just say shut up, give me a break. What? Why would she not? How is it racist using her middle name? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, Dwight. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call, man. No problem. Anyway, uh, it looks like I hit it out of the park with uh, one call to you. I got more for you. Uh, uh, Dwight, uh, what the hell are you talking about hitting it out of the park? No, I I think I did uh, pretty good. I brought it up and you you played it on your phone. President Trump. What? The fact that that her first name is Nimarada. Nikki. You're you're claiming credit for you're claiming credit for what? Well, I never heard any anything in this campaign season lately about her. First so you think name. you think you think uh, you think Trump took your idea because that was on the TV when I you what Trump okay. Trump okay. listened to you Trump listened to you. Well, he, he may have say- he's listening to stuff. I was reacting to his to his Trump truthful truth thing, truth true social. Anyway, don't start the call with saying you hit it out of the park, all right? Just don't do that. What else? What, 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 so what do you got for us today? Okay, um, Barack Obama did an uh, interview with Colbert. Oh, brother, I've played this a million times, I know. And he says, like, yeah, I could be in the basement controlling things, that one? That's exactly all right, what's yeah, going on. I, I know, you struck out. I mean, I know, I know. Give me something new, something I haven't heard before. Thank you. Um no, I'm out of time, Adam, Nate, Russ. We will be right back. Don't mean to be so nasty, Dwight, but uh, uh, yeah, you're not the first person to come up with that. Be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Is the Greg Kelly Show? Uh, I have a hunch that Trump's going to win. I do. And then, it'll, then it will be. It'll be over. I mean, he will be the nominee. I thought Vivek Ramaswamy endorsing him was very important 
because Vivek drew votes from Trump. All right. There's Newt Gingrich. Nobody's smarter than Newt Gingrich. He is amazing. I really, really like that guy. Uh, oh, and Newt on um, uh, uh, the right of Cats and Cosby last night. That's a great show, by the way. Uh, he also has some thoughts on who the next vice president is going to be, who Donald Trump will pick. Go ahead with that one, please. Yes, it's uh, number uh, seven. It would be a huge advantage to pick a woman. I think that that would help, frankly, soften his image, and I think it would help appeal to the suburbs. But I also think it has to be somebody who can be president. I mean, we've watched with Kamala Harris what it's like to have a vice president who couldn't possibly be commander-in-chief. So I hope he'll look first at, does the person agree with my values? And second, are they competent enough to be president? And then, you know, the truth is, vice presidents don't add much, but they can subtract. So... You know, Trump will win this in the end on his own, but I think that a, we have a number of very fine uh, women candidates uh, who, who could, I think, be very good uh, partners with Trump in winning the election this year and helping profoundly change Washington. I love it. I love it. He is a smart guy. Uh, and he's right. Nixon said that a vice presidential candidate cannot hurt the nominee, cannot help the guy get become president, but can hurt him. Uh, Nixon said that, and he went with Spiro Agnew. That's a little bit, uh, oh boy, that was a, that was an oddball choice. All right. I got to go in a moment. Uh, Adam, hi. Hi again. How are you? Yeah. You know, I, I've been, I didn't call for like three weeks. Just yeah, all right. You're now. on the TV. You're on the radio. So what's up? You can't be a Christian if you bear false witness on people, sir. Uh, you can't be a Christian if you bear false witness. Well, that is a sin. That's totally that, that that is wrong. It's one of the things that God detests. Um, you can ask for forgiveness if you do it, so you can be a Christian. Uh, what are you getting at, by the way? Oh, uh, that that guy, that that one, that guy, the Central Park Five guy. DNA proved that he it wasn't him. DNA. No, you, you, you didn't. You didn't listen to the rest of what I said. Everybody, everybody misunderstands this case, including especially you, Adam. All right. The DNA, you, you're used to DNA. The DNA has totally, has totally exonerated somebody. No, it didn't. In 1990, they collected the DNA. They knew it wasn't tied to Yusuf Salam or Corey Wise or Antron McRae or the other guys. All right. They, they, they knew that this was intro, that, that was evidence in 1990. All right. So the, the, you don't know the first thing about the case, do you? I know that he got paid, thank you, and Donald Trump better get his lawyers because he got garbage lawyers. Hey, Adam, I forgot what a garbage yeah. phone call you are, man. I thought you'd be better with three weeks to prepare and everything like that. All right, anyway, listen, careful riding that bus around Kennedy Airport 500 times a day. We still like you uh, for some strange reason. Uh, Paul, hello. Hey, Greg, how are you? I know you? I know you're a man of faith, and I know you like movies. And faith is what got me through 20 years on the NYPD under your father. He was a terrific leader. you got to watch the movie Nefarious about good and evil, which people dismiss today. What year did it come out? Uh, just about six, seven months ago. Nefarious. You can watch it on any streaming service. All right. Nefarious. We got our assignment. I'm probably going to watch it this weekend, Paul. I appreciate it. Nefarious, everybody. On your favorite streaming service.